0: Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, hostess Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. The Welcome to the show, my family and friends. She does such a wonderful job of that, doesn't she? I'm so glad I don't have to sing that after 14 years. I'm sure my audience is so sick of singing that to me. But I haven't had anybody... I, we, we didn't do a show. We did the CS remotely. So I haven't had anybody run up to me yet and sing... The Chris Vaughn show, like they normally would, uh, only the, I guess they have to do it in the operatic voice. So that should be interesting to see an NAV show coming up here. Welcome to the big show. My family and friends, we certainly appreciate you guys. As always, we're bring, bringing you the smartest people in the world. None of them are me. That's why we have guests on the show, so we can have smart people. The CEOs, the billionaires, the White House presidential advisors, the, the Pulitzer Prize winners, the authors, the people who spend their lives going through their cathartic moments, learning the lessons of life and coming on the show to share all of it with you to make your life brighter and happier. And maybe you can skip some of the pitfalls they fell into, or maybe you can figure out how you can quickly get to resolving some of the similar issues you may find with our guests. He is the author of the newest book called Chasing the High, an entrepreneur's mindset through addiction, lawsuits, and his journey to the edge came up may 31st 2019 michael g dash joins us on the show and we'll be talking to him about his book his insights his experience and what you can learn from it michael g dash spent over 20 years in the recruiting and staffing industry working with a range of hiring managers and human resource professionals at companies ranging from international fortune 500 companies to startups After spending his first five years in the industry in New York City, he followed a business opportunity in Salt Lake City, Utah, where we're visiting there now, where he and a business partner started Parallel HR Solutions. Well, at Parallel HR, he helped thousands of candidates find employment in variety of industries, resulting in over thirty million dollars of business over a twelve year period. Additionally, he's an entrepreneur, best selling book and author and retreat creator and host of Live Life Activated Executive Personal
1: Development Coach and Philanthropist. Welcome to the show. How are you, Michael? Thank you so much. What an amazing introduction. You just came up with that yourself. I love it. Thank you so I much. Did. I
0: did. Just, I just made all this stuff up. No, I didn't. This is your email. There you go. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that creative. I'm not that good. I put it in chat GPT and it just spit it out. So welcome to the show, Michael. Give us a dot .com. Where do you want people to find you on the interwebs?
1: Yeah, my website's www.michaelg-.com. You can find information about my coaching and my retreats and Find me on Instagram at M dash one at M D A S H one. And then I know you're going to post everything to LinkedIn where all of us like hanging out.
0: So there you go. All the social media out there. So give us a 30,000 overview of your book chasing the high.
1: Yeah. So after, you know, I grew up the son of an entrepreneur and I was taught early on that if you want to succeed in life, you're the first one in the office. You're the last one out of the office. Mm-hmm. You outwork everybody. And that's how you get su- to be successful. And back then, that's what I believed. So everything was grinding for me from an early age. And I started w- working for my father when I was eight years old. And the warehouse guys, who were great guys, he had mm-hmm. an import-export business and a retail store around China and collectibles, which nobody's really into these days. But back in the 80s, they were. The warehouse guys that I worked with, they thought it would be a good idea to take me down to the horse track. So oh. I went to the horse track and with the money I had from working for my dad, I started mm-hmm. gambling on horses and oh, wow. uh, it was a, a brilliant experience. And then I went to Thanksgiving and my uncle introduced me to sports gambling oh, at, wow. at, at 10 years old. So 10 that, years old? Holy crap. 10 years old. I would watch the games with him. He was so excited when everybody else was eating turkey and stuffing. And he'd be watching these games. And he was my favorite uncle. And I asked him about it. And he, he told me, like, if you give me $10 and you circle four games on the sheet and you get them all right, you'll win $100. Oh, wow. I was, I was hooked. So I, borrow, so I borrowed the money from my father. <laughs> and the first bet I made, I won. And that was the worst thing that ever could have happened to me. Oh, wow. Because I was off to the races and that started a 20-year addiction wow
0: do you think you had an addictive personality or would you think that maybe the imprint of such a young age you know made a difference
1: i think i had an addictive personality based on my father and my father worked hard every day long long hours that's Mm -hmm. addiction in itself that later transferred over to me in my work history and everything else i did in my life so I imagine that I inherited an addictive personality.
0: There you go. It, it's usually found in the personality and, and the build. I don't know what creates that. I don't even think. Well, I think sometimes it's genetic. It depends on alcoholism. I know it's genetic and different things. Anyway, so you, you write your story in this book, Chasing the High. Somewhere in here, you become an entrepreneur. How do you go through that journey of being an entrepreneur and and doing that while well, you're also, you know, I mean, being an entrepreneur is kind of a gambling in and of itself when it really comes down to it.
1: Exactly. And, uh, you know, it started for me in college where I, in high school, I was a pretty straight-laced kid, president of student council, did three sports, did the whole thing. I went to college. I went to a big college, University of Maryland. And I was like, oh my God, it's, it's like a can't, it's heaven here. I can do anything. Nobody's watching me, all this stuff. Wow. I got involved with ga- gambling again. I was still involved with gambling. So I decided to become a bookie. I mean, why gamble when you can take bets? Why make them? <laughs> so I became a bookie and I got involved in drugs and I started trying drugs and then dealing drugs. So oh, wow. my first foray into entrepreneurship was drug dealing and bookie. What a, what a blessing that was. Wow. So, so that's how I kind of started. Mm -hmm. And I was successful at it because I didn't get caught and it made a lot of money at the time. And when I came out of college, I I was going door to door, knocking on doors, doing home improvement sales. And I continued that into advertising and then into staffing. And I always worked my ass off and I was very successful in sales. So Mm -hmm. I had that, I was still gambling, but I had that entrepreneurial spirit Mm -hmm. and I was working for a staffing company and also started creating some side deals on the side. So that's how, and I, I did a deal with E-Trade Financial at the time in New York City. They had no business, but they said, if I knew somebody in Salt Lake, they had 200 positions for to fill. Oh, and wow. I, knew one, I knew one person outside of the metropolitan area where I was working who was involved in staffing and she happened to be in Utah. Mm-hmm. So... By the grace of God, that opportunity presented itself. I followed that opportunity. I filled all those positions with her. And that allowed me to leave my job in New York City and start this new business with her in Salt Lake. And that's wow. when I moved my life out to Utah.
0: Now, what was your life like during this time? You're 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 starting a business. Were you heavily gambling the whole time? Were you constantly were you constantly, you know? Did you borrow money at all? Were you constantly, you know, right, right, just barely staying ahead of the avalanche of, of crashing behind you or were you hitting money and being successful, I guess?
1: So at the time, I was making good money at my mm-hmm. job. And I lost it all, but I didn't lose more than I had. Mm-hmm. So I was always lo- like, like I would get paid on Thursdays. And I would mm-hmm. wait for the check to clear. Uh, excuse me. I would get paid on Tuesdays. I owed the bookie money on Thursdays. So I'd get paid on Tuesdays. I'd wait for the money to clear. Then I'd go hustle across town in New York City to pay the bookie and mm-hmm. get back to work and tell my bosses I was at a meeting. When I wasn't really at a meeting, I was paying my bookie. That was the meet- I was at a meeting. I was paying the bookie. And uh, mm-hmm. I, at that time, though, right before I followed this opportunity, I had stopped gambling. I started going to Gamblers Anonymous. And oh, wow. gamblers Anonymous changed my life and it saved me from gambling. Oh, wow. I've been free from gambling over 17 years. Mm-hmm. And when I moved to Utah, I actually was leading the Gamblers Anonymous rooms. So I was the leader in those rooms holding wow. the meetings. So uh, at the time the gambling wasn't an issue. However, I was still I was addicted to cocaine. I was oh, doing wow. cocaine every weekend. And I was addicted to Adderall, which was one of the worst <clears throat> addictions I had, and the GHB. So I was wow. managing all these things, and I was just like chasing the high. I mean, that's why yeah. I named my book. Everything, all the time, I wanted to be high. Anything that I would be disassociated with the feeling of excitement or the emotion of anger. These are oh, the wow. two emotions I lived in. Mm-hmm. For most of my life, anger or excitement. There was no in between.
0: There you go. It's and and someone's asking about the .dot com. Use wwwmichaelg com The so it was interesting. Did it occur to you at all when you're, you know, you're you're running the rooms for the gambling addiction, but you're clearly, you know, on the other side that you have these other addictions that you're utilizing. Did it occur to you all that? you know, I'm, I'm an addictive person or you're like, I got this handled and you're not realizing that things are out of control over here.
1: I think I buried it in my subconscious. And also I was so high on whatever it was I was on. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. That I, I didn't have the emotional acuity wow. to realize what I was mm-hmm. doing to myself. And Adderall, for instance, It made me very productive. So I would justify it in my mind. Ah. I'm really productive. I'm crushing it at work. You know, I'm doing all these things. I'm running marathons. I was running marathons at the time. Mm. And I was like, no, this isn't a problem. This is supporting me. But it was really an issue because you emotionally detach from yourself. Mm. And I really became a jerk as a CEO. I was not a good CEO for many years. So I was kind of a a-hole.
0: <laughs> I think we've all been through that and seen that movie as we develop as CEOs or leaders. You know, it, it, I think what a lot of people do is they get caught up in their, this gives me fuel. You know, I drank pretty heavy for 20 years. I wasn't an addict, but I abused myself with it. And it first started out as a fuel where I was like, hey, I, I'm an entrepreneur. I need to work harder later. I need to, you know, I've got this paperwork I need to do. Oh, if I drink, I, it was like sugar. It was like gas to me. And so then I could work hard later, get more done. I could innovate stuff. If I tended to relax because I was pretty high stress with alcohol, I could be more productive or at least I thought I could because, you know, I would relax. But, you know, it's you're not productive when you're out of your state of mind. And then also the, the you know, the, the, the hangover start kicking. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. And then, it, and then it starts to be something that's devaluing your experience in your life. And uh, uh, rather than keeping you focused, you, you start to lose tunage.
1: And it, how- impacts, it impacts the people how, and for me, it impacts, well, for all of us, it impacts how we treat the people around us. And usually the closest people around us. Mm-hmm. And we tend to treat the closest people around us, the people who love us the most, mm-hmm. the worst. Mm-hmm. They love us the most. And we shower them by treating them the worst because mm. we're so detached from our emotional bank, right? Mm-hmm. From mm-hmm. who we are emotionally. So that—that's what happened, at least for me.
0: There you go, uh, and I think that's true. I mean, we don't feel good. We're—we're we're not at our peak. You know, I used to think that drinking helped me sleep better. <laughs> it doesn't help you sleep better, folks. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> that was one of it's the. A,
1: it's a story that we create and then yep. we ride it. We ride it until mm-hmm. we can't ride it anymore.
0: And that's what I did. I finally reached in twenty twenty. My body just said, "We're not doing this with you anymore. We're gonna make it so if you have one to two beers, it's gonna be really painful." And and I started listening to my body too. I'm like, three days of hangover is not worth the two or three hours of fun I had on Friday nights. And now I love I love being. I mean, technically not drinking since 2020. I love it. I, I I don't have any need for it. I don't have any, I love living in reality and I'm much more productive man. I think of all the hangover days I lost. Oh my God. So how did you come out of all of it and resolve all the different addiction playgrounds you were in?
1: Well, each one has its own kind of story. I don't, I'm not like I wasn't one of those people that everything went at once.
0: Oh, okay. So you had to uh, deconstruct it and.
1: Yeah, it was a slow, painful process. Uh, Mm -hmm. Cocaine, for instance, I went back to New York City. After I went to Salt Lake City, I opened up an office in New York also. So I had offices there in Salt Lake and New York and in India. And while I was back in New York, I was at a bar with a friend and he got in some fight and I went to break up the fight and I got punched straight in the face and broke my nose. And so I had to get my nose reconstructed and the doctor handed me a bill. And it was $10,000. <laughs> and I looked at the doctor and I looked at the bill and I looked back at the doctor and I said, I will never put anything up this $10,000 nose again.
0: <laughs> that's an interesting way to quit. <laughs>
1: that was the last time I ever put anything up my <laughs> nose. So that's how I quit cocaine. And there with that, are. with Adderall, I actually ran out of Adderall one day in my office, I rushed to the doctor to get more because I was super addicted. I needed it every day or like I'd be crawling out of my skin. Wow. And the doctor was away on vacation for two weeks. Oh, wow. So I couldn't get Adderall for two weeks. And as I was in my office, my employees started coming to me and saying, hey, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, what do you mean? They're like, You've been so much calmer. You've been so much more helpful. Wow! You've really been like leading us in a different way. Whatever you're doing, please keep up with it. And I was like, wow. Wow. I was like, wow. You know, it took a moment like that for me to recognize what it was doing to me because Mm -hmm. I was so detached from how I was showing up. And so I, I never did it again. I quit. I quit after that. There you go.
0: There you go. And so you found a better way to, to, to lead your life and, and to deal with all these things. Where are you at now? Tell us about some of the things you offer on your website, th- some of the things you're doing now to help inspire and motivate others.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, retreats changed my life. Mm-hmm. So when I was in business, I ended up getting into a legal dispute with my business partner mm-hmm. that lasted six years. Wow, I I bought her out, her portion of the company out, Mm -hmm. and we there was an agreement in place which we felt was violated, and we ended up in a lawsuit. Mm -hmm. That that lawsuit, I spent one million dollars on legal fees over a three hundred fifty thousand dollar case. Wow, over six years, and it wasn't the money that I lost; it was the time that I lost because I know how to make money. I can make that money back, Mm -hmm. but I don't know how to generate more time in the yep. world Yep. if you do let me know i'll be there soon to find out the secret
0: yeah that we'd be trainers if we had that baby nailed down sell, yeah, that, sell that for money
1: absolutely i wasn't you know i was i was it was a retreat in 2016 in bali that i went to i, I didn't even know what it was i just mm-hmm. knew it was bali and mm-hmm. i had just seen E pray love i was like all right i'm going over there Go, I, I have an office in India, so I w- every time I went to India, I would explore another country while I was wow. traveling. So I went to Bali, and I went to this retreat, and it changed my life. There are two people up there talking about manifestation and synchronicity, and I'm from Jersey. I'm a Jersey guy, right? Mm-hmm. I stood up, and I said, manifestation. I'm like, that's a BS. There's no such thing as manifestation. It's If you, want, if you work hard, good things will happen to you. That's manifestation synchronicity no it's called coincidence like things happen in life they don't have to have some meaning all up in you know the frequency of another like level and yada 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 and these people were like let's talk after the after the session's over Mm -hmm. so i spoke to them and they were teaching about how to connect with your intuition Hmm. and your intuitive guide and allowing your intuition to guide you in the decisions you make, even if your conscious mindset can't make any sense of it. Hmm. And I decided to take their course and it shifted my, my life. It shifted how I was thinking about things. And wow. eventually a year later, I settled my lawsuit. And at that time, I kept going to retreats. I ended up selling my business. I sold my houses. I sold everything I had to pay off this lawsuit and start hmm. all over. There you go. And that's when I wrote the book Chasing the High and I just kept going to retreats and after about 15 retreats I started running my own retreats. This shirt activated. Uh, mm-hmm. my retreats are called Live Life Activated and I focus I took what I learned from all these retreat hosts all over the world, mm-hmm. the best of the best and put my experience into it and created these retreats where we focus on aligning our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual practice with Mm -hmm. our mission and vision in life. And so I'm running my sixth retreat this year, June 8th through 13th in Costa Rica, uh, Mm -hmm. the Live Life Activated Retreats. If anybody's interested, you can find the, you know, shoot me a message and we can set up a call. And it's really for high performing entrepreneurs and they've been completely transformative. And it's it's my passion. It's my baby. So that's that's one of the areas that I'm focused in. And I'll take a breath so I can take a sip of water.
0: <laughs> there you go. People can find out about that on your website. Go to it and and get involved. What why do you think retreats are so important? I mean, what's the what's the juice there that you think that people get the highest benefit out of?
1: Well, first off, there when you're immersed. In an experience, let's say a five or six day experience, and you're disconnected from the day-to-day rat race that most of us are in, mm. you really have the ability to look inside, to slow down, to really dive in as what is important to you and what do you want out of your life. Is the way you're living right now working for you? Mm-hmm. Is the way you're living right now aligned? And that's what I, am an alignment expert, and that's what I focus on. And I can drop you a link. I have a free alignment assessment that any of your viewers can hop online and download. And it basically allows you to look at how you're planning your day. Hmm. Excuse me. Look at how you're showing up in your day, what activities you're spending time on, and how aligned with those activities are with what your mission is in your life mm-hmm. what your vision is in your life and it really brings awareness first off and before you can change anything you need to have awareness and mm-hmm. once you have awareness then you can start making shifts in your life so at these retreats we, sp- we focus on things like this there's various workshops we do ice baths we go on hikes to waterfall we spend time in nature We really connect and bond with high-level, high-conscious individuals. So then we build a community, and we're able to support each other when we leave there as well. So there's transformation that happens there, and there's support when we leave there. I think that's why these are so effective.
0: Definitely. And, and you know, getting out of your environment, you know, I, I talked about that where for me, it was really important, especially on like weekends, to get out of my environment. And, and that way I could get out and I could innovate. And when you get out of your world, you can see your world from the outside, at least how I can approach it with pattern recognition. And, you know, when you're in your world, you know, I would always be trying to innovate in my office and I'm just, you know, you got a million Fire is going off. People's in your face. You got you know you know you see a million things you need to fix. So you you know your ADHD is going off. But when you it's leave not your environment,
1: and <clears throat> sitting, sitting sitting in an office is not inspiring.
0: <laughs> that's true. There's no inspiration there. Either. There's no
1: inspiration. <laughs> so your creativity is out the door when you're sitting between those four walls. Which for most of our lives, we've been convinced that's how you work.
0: Yeah. You're like, I had Steve Jobs do this in, in his office. But yeah. So he probably out- didn't.
1: He was probably on an acid trip somewhere and that's where he did it. And he <laughs> took all the downloads from the acid trip and went into his office.
0: That's probably the truth. Actually, I'll have to ask some of my friends. But uh, yeah, but getting out of this space. And like you mentioned, getting someplace beautiful or someplace inspiring, you know, I would run off to Catalina Island or or do bed and breakfasts or or go someplace in the countryside, someplace somewhere I could get a long drive. That's for some reason a long drive would really help me out. Just just I don't know, feeling the car move and the road moving underneath you. You're going somewhere. Something something mentally thing that that really I really enjoyed. But yeah, I can see about how getting out of your out of the little rat race we've all we've all built and we all process every day, kind of help kind of interrupt that and 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 give us a chance to introduce some different patterns to that.
1: I don't know, maybe that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's super important to get out in nature also and clear your head. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can really get some some good downloads and everything. You know, this is why I on the cover of my book, I climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And the cover of my book here, that's from that picture, is from the top of Mount Kilimanjaro. Oh, wow. And I hit the top of it. And it was one of the best experiences. I got so much inspiration from that, from just being out in nature. And well, I was raising money for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society at the time. So we had a group of people focused on a task, focused on, you know, supporting this beautiful, amazing organization. And also, Achieving something we never achieved in our life, which is climbing to the top of this mountain. So it's kind of similar to the retreats. We're all there for a reason to increase the level of consciousness, to find alignment, to find happiness in our life and joy, and to educate ourselves and support each other.
0: There you go. There you go. You have something on the retreats called the Wisdom Trust. What is that?
1: Called what? The Wisdom Trust? Do I... not? No, not on this, not on these retreats.
0: Oh, not on these retreats. Okay. I'm clicking on your website under retreats. There's some a link there. It's going to on, on, there was a, I think a men's group that you wanted to get a plug in for. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So what I've been, so basically I live in Tulum, Mexico. I moved down here during COVID. I was in LA and if anybody lived in LA during COVID, you know, it was not the place to be. <laughs> so I took a trip to Tulum for a week and I never left. And wow. what I found down here is a lot of opportunities for spirituality, a lot of opportunities for entrepreneurship and the ability to live in a beautiful place. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? Oh, yeah. And I stepped into my fears and I, I left everybody and built my own community down here. And I started really doing work on myself. And what it meant to be a healthy, masculine man in mm-hmm. my life. To be have radical honesty. Not mm. even with other people. With myself first. Yeah. Like how many times I made a commitment to myself and I broke it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, it was more important for me to be honest to everybody else except myself. That makes no sense. You yeah, know, yeah. to take radical ownership over my life. If I'm late for something, not make an excuse as to why I'm late, but just own the fact that I'm late and do that. That's a small example, but do that everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. To play, to, to not take myself so serious. Us men, we tend to take ourselves so serious in life. <laughs> like we forget that we're all children inside and to play a little bit. Oh yeah. And And then to have radical integrity and yeah. like your word is your bond. And these things, when they were introduced to me by the founder of this organization, Soleil Rad, it really shifted my perspective on everything. And I was like, look, I'm about all these things. I don't know if I'm actually living them all though. Mm -hmm. And I want to live all these things. And so we started practicing this work and where I joined the team and I'm an executive member of the team shareholder. And we, we are basically impacting 100 million men in the next 10 years by teaching these principles along with a variety of other things like techniques called holding the tension. Can Mm -hmm. you hold tension within yourself when when your partner is upset about something, Mm -hmm. is like yelling? Can -hmm. you just hold space for that person without Mm -hmm. reacting? Can Mm -hmm. you just ask them how you can support them? Without trying to solve their problem that they haven't even asked you to solve. But mm. you know, as us men, we like to solve everything, regardless yeah. of if we're asked or not. We always mm. have a solution. And sometimes the solution is just to listen, yeah. right? So we call that holding the tension. So learning things like that. Uh, mm. Learning how to opening up, open up our emotions as men. Something I never did in my life. You know, if I told somebody I was shy, I never told somebody I was shy or I had shame about things. Or I just told people I was pissed off. I was angry. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even admit when I was sad. Mm-hmm. Storing these emotions in our body is very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And we work with men to hold space for them and open up these emotions. And there's a variety of other things that we do. So it's it's my mission to build the, to help build this movement called Men of Means. And we have open enrollment right now. It's a $99 monthly membership fee, Mm -hmm. and we have Meet Saturday as a tribe where we do some of these teachings and break out into breakout rooms, and then we have offerings all through the week, offerings. There's a prayer dojo group. There's a group on crafting your story as a man and how you can speak to at work and how you can speak with women or men in your life. There is breath work. There is meditation. There is a book club. There's a variety of other things that we offer and how to harness your sexual energy. It's my mission in this world to focus on raising the level of consciousness and healthy masculinity amongst men and entrepreneurs, both men and women, because they're the leaders who impact the most people in the world.
0: There you go. There you go. It's, you know, there's, there's a lot of men who, you know, men have a, a, I think it's three to four times higher suicide rate than women do. And and of course, when we do it, we get it done because that's what we do as men.
1: 80%, 80% of men
0: mm-hmm.
1: commit suicide. Eight, the, the suicide rate is 80, percent of them are men.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really, it's, it's way too high. And sadly, over the last two, three generations of a sick experiment, lie that's been told to somehow society can change biology is, is made a lot of men lost and they've been and they've been told just endless amounts of bullshit and so a lot of them don't even understand masculinity of itself what it's like to be a man and 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 largely shamed and attacked in society i mean i dare you to go back 15 20 years and tell me a t at television show where there was a father or masculine man who was respected honored treated as the as the sage or or wisdom holder of his family, the rock, et cetera, et cetera. You won't. They they're all we're all treated like punching bags in media and social society. And it's especially
1: done, especially <clears throat> especially now. And men yeah. and, and what what has that created? That's created disillusion among mm-hmm. men. It's created yeah. isolation. It's created addiction. It's created we don't know how we're supposed to show up because we've mm-hmm. been fed so much like crap to just sure. really confuse us and we're here to support each other we have each other we're a brotherhood and mm-hmm. yeah i would love to just continue to push this movement across the world so we can heal hmm. and we can be healthy there that's the you. most important thing yeah, there you and, and i just want to drop if anybody wants to shoot me an email or anything it's michael at michael g dash dot com
0: There you go. Michael at michaelg-.com. Thank you for coming on the show. We really appreciate it, Michael.
1: Thank you so much, Chris. I I appreciated the time.
0: Thank you. And thanks, Manus, for tuning in. Is there any other dot-coms or websites you want people to go to,
1: Michael? No, if you're interested in my book, Chasing Mm -hmm. the High, you can hop on Amazon or Audible. It's on both. I read it on Audible. It's a great read. It's a quick read. It's about 140 pages, and it's great insight. If you had any sort of addiction or lawsuits or entrepreneur challenges in your life, this is the book to get.
0: There you go. Entrepreneurs and lawsuits. That's always, seems to be those 2 as go ahead and out. especially when you become successful. People, people send you shakedown lawsuits. There are lots of fun people, but it, it lets you know you've arrived.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's what they say. If you haven't been, a, you're not a success till you've been sued.
0: Yeah, people that's are true. like suing you because you're rich. I've been told. To, you know, why are you saving me? Because you're rich. You can afford it. Okay. Well, thanks for that. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, it's just. It's just one of the. It's a passing of the. Of the. Of the torture of the time or whatever. Anyway, thanks, Michael, for being on the show. Thanks, bonus, for tuning in. Order the book where refined books are sold. Chasing the High: An Entrepreneur's Mindset Through Addiction lawsuits and his journey to the edge thanks for my audience for tuning in go to goodreads.com for chris voss linkedin.com for chris voss chris voss one on the tiktokity and chris voss, facebook.com be good to each other stay safe and we'll see you guys next time